Well, I did get a uh, funny little text message here on the phone, I guess, yesterday or the day before I meant to uh, tell you about. I, we've been busy. My apologies. I, you know, I slip on these things from time to time. I'm all ears. Let's hear it. So my sister and I are messaging the other day. You know, we go back and forth for a minute. And then all of a sudden, she sends over, P.S., who is Geek Shaker? <laughs> LMFAO. <laughs> How hard is it? To have to tell your sister that you have a male stalker. I didn't use those words. Uh, actually, what I said was, it's a spoof of me for the bourbon community. Last thing my ego needs. I think you should also say, P.S., if you find my body in the woods, it was whoever is behind Geek. No way. A hundred percent. It's kind of creepy, dude. Ah, seems harmless and innocent to me. He has a little bit of Buffalo build to him. Like he has a little bit of like, he's putting lipstick on looking at pictures of you at night. I don't want to know how you know or speculate these things or why. Cause it was in silence of the lambs, but like it, I kind of, some kind of inside dark confession you got going here now. No, I just kind of think the guy, it's a little creepy to me. I'm just saying you got to watch your six. I think the person that should be more concerned actually is you. You think he's going to take me out because he wants to do the show with you? I think if anything, he is uh, he is going to take you down, stuff you, and always be with you for the rest of his life before he takes me down. There could be Big Cat down, and then who's going to fill in for him? I don't know. Nobody's doing editing, show. so Dad's drinking bourbon's over. Hey, nobody edits James and Bobby shows either. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Hello, Zeke Baker. Say hello to the folks. Hello, 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 and happy November. It is November. This is your favorite month for so many reasons. Are you going to no shave November? No. Are you going to do anything for November? Work. I'm so glad that I had this conversation with you. You are the most interesting man in the world. I'm getting two dogs in November. I don't even know if I'm going to see you in November. Once you get these two dogs, your world's going to change, son. You're going to be able to come over to the house and hang out and play with them. I don't want them chewing on my shoes. They're not going to chew on your shoes. They're going to be in a little pen. I can't wait to see disciplinarian John with these two puppies. I can't wait for you to learn how to say disciplinarian. I know that took me a minute. Today's show is sponsored by Cast Cartel, changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol. They are like the Amazon of the spirits industry. They hook you up with merchants that will send whiskey, liquor, whatever it is, directly to your door. Obviously, the allocated stuff is going to cost a little bit more because it's convenient. You don't have to camp out overnight. You don't have to join a raffle. You could just go to Cast Cartel and have it sent directly to your door. Also, follow them on Instagram at Cast Cartel. They're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers. Today's show is also sponsored by the good folks at PremiumBarProducts.com which is the official place to go get the dad's drinking bourbon Glencairn. You can also get laser etched custom glassware like the Tua glass, the neat glass, the Glen, the Wee Glen, the Tipsy Dram. 
the Kenzie Dram. Go ahead and check them out at premiumbarproducts.com. They also have bar tools on there. And if you are a distillery or a whiskey group or a store and you want to do more of a bigger wholesale order, reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with Carson and Vicky and Janie and all the good folks at premiumbarproducts.com. Anything you want to add, Zeke, to either of those? They're good people. Thank you. Easy Wally, less is more. I love that line, actually. It is such a good line. Because it's great to work with her name, Leslie, but we always call her Les or Bud. And one of the people that like would just ramble on to people, you know, to no end at times. I'm like, look here, buds, less is more. You but, can be more of less by saying less. Well, the fact that Bob Euchre is delivering that line, I mean, that's one of the things that Major League really had going for it was that Bob Euchre was the announcer, and he's just so damn good. That was it. That was that was the nuts of the show, I mean, or the movie, rather. I mean, he carried it just a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go watch that movie after we're done recording tonight. That's a great movie. And like the World Series just sent. Did you watch the World Series? I did actually. I'm not much on baseball at all. Inevitably watched when the uh, the Braves fell apart just to troll my friends from school and back home. You know, we had the boy playing baseball some, so he wasn't picking up on all the concepts too well. So I thought, well, maybe we just have baseball on the TV in the evening some. He'll like at least observe and, and grasp it more. Did he? A little. It was toward the end of the season. You know, there's always next year. He had a good time. That's all that matters. So what's your favorite random scene from Major League? Now, there's big ones that everybody likes, but I thought there's also a little minuscule ones like you just chuckle to on your own and not everybody laughs as much. A lot of them have to involve Dorn. Like when Dorn has to take the walk, Dorn's wife at the grocery store, or just anything that involves Roger Dorn and him getting what's coming to him just kind of makes me laugh. You? So I like Harry. Oh, man. Crisco ball. Look out. <laughs> That's not the scene, though. The scene I was thinking about, you know, he finally gets Joe Boo's rum, and he comes out of the dugout, and they're doing batting practice, and you just hear him off the side go, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. By the time the bat slips out of the guy's hands at batting practice, and you can just hear it go, And like the noise that it makes when it clocks him in the back of the head. <laughs> I mean, it's golden. I think Major League Two, I love Joe Boo meeting Buddha and Buddha meeting Joe Boo. You have Tanaka giving Pedro Serrano a little bit of hell. Like that dynamic, <laughs> I think, really hit its peak in Major League Two. <laughs> Like when they said like they didn't, the other one didn't have any balls. Like that was the best part of that relationship. They had a good thing going there. Uh, the sole thing I like from that one's the catcher that just starts reciting the stuff out of Playboy. And that's how he's able to focus and throw the ball. Yes. Now that we have digressed way too much, but yes, that is the best. When he's saying the turn ons and the likes and the dislikes. And then they. Hell yeah, boy, I'm back. <laughs> And he's doing it in the middle of the game, and the other guy's looking at him like, what the? Oh, God. Let's drink some whiskey, Zeke, because we could talk about this all day. We are <laughs> drinking Hooten Young American whiskey tonight. And Hooten Young was founded by former special ops soldier, Master Sergeant Norm Hooten, and Tim Young 
Norm Hooten was portrayed by Eric Bana in the movie Black Hawk Down. So Eric Bana played Norm Hooten, who was in the helicopter in the mission. And Hooten is a true American hero. While retired from active military duty, he continues to work with veterans today as a full-time healthcare provider. So basically, Hooten and Young partnered with their closest friends. One of them included a master sommelier to create an American whiskey to honor the brave men and women of the armed forces. Now, the PR thing, I will say, let, let's get honest here for a second. It says rare distillation and barrel aging practices coupled with over a decade's rest have produced an American whiskey with notes of maple, vanilla, ripe apple, and a long, smooth finish. The whiskey is aged 12 years and made with 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley mash fill. It's distilled at 170 proof and put into second fill American oak barrels. Their friend that is the master sommelier brings, he's only one of 269 master sommeliers in the world. What I will say, though, is if you look at the bottle here, this is 12-year-old 92-proof MGP. Let's just get to the heart of the matter. So there is some PR stuff that's on there on rare distillation and barrel aging practices. At the end of the day, I'm not sure what MGP did, if they did something different. And if they've had this whiskey for 12 years, that is something I didn't ask. And I would love to know. I looked at their press release and some other stuff. And there's nothing about it that makes me think it's not just some regular MGP that was aged 12 years. I mean, 12 years, I would have to feel like they've owned those barrels for more than a minute. Clearly, all MGP would have to throw up a sign saying, hey, we've got 12-year high-rye barrels and folks would jump all over it. It's not high-rye, though, because it's the 21% rye. You know, either way, MGP puts out a flyer saying, hey, we ran across some 12-year barrels we got for sale. They're not going to be there long. So they started this brand in 2018. So that's probably a good guess that they bought this stuff they had to have bought this stuff in 2018 so they bought it when it was 10 years old i mean stocks would have still been going up then and i don't feel like there was much around but they got between because you know all the other brands that were getting big on their stuff back then were i mean at least from what i always understood buying up really as much as they could between barrel backbone bell mead i mean plenty of other places that were all at that point in time yeah, I mean, they just been handing a blank check to MGP for as much as they could get, basically, I think. Now, I will tell you the bottle itself looks pretty cool because they have an H and they get they made the Y by putting a sword. So that Hoot and Young, that HY logo is kind of cool. I know I'm the only one who's going to be looking out of the two of us really more at that marketing, but it's a cool looking logo. Hey, now, I've been, I've been bigger on my marketing side of things here lately. Yeah, you're getting your... Your MBA at night school? No, man, my associates. <laughs> we know this is the 21% rye mash. So this was 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. It was distilled at 170 proof, but they said it was put in the barrel at 140 proof and then further proof down to 92 proof later on. I didn't think they could go in the barrel that hot. The trick is bourbon can't go into the barrel that hot, but Hoot and Young American whiskey that is not called bourbon can go into the barrel that hot. Any details on how long it's set in this second barrel? Because it's obviously a used barrel, right? Yeah, no idea. Interesting uh, aspects. Although 
I guess at the end of the day, water is probably water. But at least in my head, when you tell me it went in the barrel and started aging at, you know, 140, and then you got it down at 92, cut it even more. And I just wonder why. I do have to say, thank you, Norm, for your service. Thank you, Master Sergeant, for your service. Really, really appreciate you. I don't know why you would take a butte of 12-year MGP bourbon and cut it down to 92 proof. Make more of it. I don't know why you would take the whiskey. It's not bourbon, but I don't know why you would take, I guess, make more of it, stretch your product out. But I wonder if they tasted it at different proofs and realized how good it was more at cast strength. I mean, that is the sweet spot. Do you know how many people are looking at this and probably crying because that is the sweet spot of MGP for aging is that eight to 12 years. And you're going to go ahead and cut that down to 92 proof. I mean, I don't know, but it's an interesting maneuver. I mean, also at the same time, throwing it in a second used barrel. Although I would really like to know how long it was in there and if the barrel stats were different, so to speak. Just because think about how much 12-year MGP stuff we've had recently that just had that char and bite from the the oak in it. And not to jump uh, ahead of ourselves here, but I don't get that in this product at all. And not to jump ahead, but I agree with you. Interesting aspects, but that that was my first thing is there's a good bit of softness here for an aged MGP product. And granted, I'm sure it would go against all the, uh, you know, traditionalists by using a second fill barrel. But I mean, if you're already going in at a higher proof, you got to call it American whiskey, not bourbon. If you're going to piss them off, might as well do it all the way. (laughs) Yeah. So what did you think about this whiskey? Let's just get into it. Uh, Nose wise. It was faint with, uh, you know, nice hints of caramels and sugars. I put down that young, not in an offensive way, but it just seemed young in the sense of really developing its character profile and, and, you know, identity, so to speak. That was really where I thought the nose left me. I I think the proof probably has a lot to do with that, especially now here in the age of it, because I didn't know that when we went through this. Palette-wise, really seemed to follow the same... uh, you know, script, so to speak, soft, light, thin. I said it had a, a very similarly light array of flavors that definitely matched what I picked up from the nose. And at the back end, just a very, very light singe, really just enough to know you, you've got something going there. I agree with you. Pretty close taste. I said fair amount of vanilla, a little bit of some wintergreen rye, maybe a little bit like I get the rye just a little bit on there. Caramel, but everything's kind of faint. And taste, I said apple, maple, vanilla, caramel. They were pretty consistent on the front of the bottle when they said apple, maple, and caramel, and vanilla. And not saying I take the tasting notes from the bottle, but I do like to call it out because I look at it after the fact. I I make sure not to look at it while we're tasting it, but I looked at it after and I was like, damn, you guys actually got this one right on the money. (laughs) Like, and it's pretty safe to be like, hey, this one tastes like vanilla and caramel. It's like, no shit. It's whiskey. Good job, guys. And then finish like you. I mean, I didn't get a huge singe. I just didn't get a whole lot. Like it didn't linger a whole heck of a lot. It was fine. It just wasn't a long finish. Didn't have much of a singe. It was kind of mint on the pillow. Have a good day. I mean, I didn't think it was a a big singe. It's just kind of like a... Like, you know, when somebody pinches you just so you think about it later and you feel it, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Price on this, I'm looking online, 
because it was not in the press release. The cheapest I'm seeing at 65, the most expensive I'm seeing it is 80. I mean, that's not awful. If you kind of think back through the MGP archives, there was a, I think it's still made. I just don't know if it's MGP anymore or not. Lone Whisker, remember that one? And granted, you know, a fair portion of it, I think, went to, I think, animal rescue shelters or wounded animals, something like that. But, I mean, it was $200 a bottle. It was those things for, like, somebody pours it for you. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, good juice. I can sit around and sip on this throughout the day. Whoa, how much? <laughs> My only complaint, I can't complain on the price. It tastes good. It's a good pour. Their master sommelier did a good job blending it. It's, you know, it's faint. But I think the faint is from the watering down from being essentially so hot and not going in through the rules of bourbon. If the barrel entry proof was under 125 here, like it would be for bourbon, you know, you're letting it sit. And and this was just a lot hotter and then watered all the way down. So it's like, you know, you take a steak and you cook it go ahead and put it in the fridge for a little bit and then serve it that's the best comparison i can think of you know you cook a steak and you sear it make it super hot on the outside then go ahead and put it in the fridge and then say hey zeke i made you a steak my thinking was simply at that price point it's almost kind of like the 12 year age statement is not wasted i think that's probably the best word but you have to assume that's part of what's driving the price up is Obviously, the older the juice, the more it's probably going to cost from the broker. But if I had this, and even now, I I still in my mind would not ever associate this as a 12-year whiskey and anything that would, you know, go along with it connotation and profile-wise. I mean, to me, this is spot on to some of the other younger, sweet MGPs that have been some great, you know, just, hey, good, simple, easy, pour, tastes good for everybody, and doesn't cost so much for you to just enjoy them. You know, getting north of 60 bucks for 92 proof, that gets in a little bit of murky water for me. I think they have a good name. I think they have a good story. I think they have good packaging. I think they have to work on the whiskey a little bit and get it to live up to the rest of everything. Well, I think if they put some out at that, you know, cash drink from that 140 entry proof, that are calling it hooting young, folks going to call it time to hoot and holler. At the end of the day, I kind of think the proof on this one negates the age. The fact that it was distilled at such a high proof and then watered down to 92, I really just think you're watering down the taste on this. So I would like to see this at least north of 110. Yeah, hey, you want to stretch it out, you want to water it down, that's fine. But put it at 110 and stretch it out, give a little bit more flavor in there because you're just taking that flavor away. It is sweet, though. I'll give it that. I just, again, think they could have accomplished that goal using a much younger product. Yeah, you could have put out a six, five, six, seven-year MGP, done the same thing, kept it at the same price. It would have been okay, but you put a 12-year there, or actually, you put a five, six, seven-year out MGP and say you drop the price down to about 40 45 bucks i think a lot of people would be excited with that and if you're gonna have this be 65 or higher you probably could have put this at a 90 dollar product 100 dollar product if you put it at cast strength for 12 years old mgp just my take i probably would say go ahead and have it at a bar i'm not gonna pass on it I think that they have a lot of promise. I think they have a great story. People love a good story. I don't know if they're going to set up a distillery. I mean, we could obviously get Norm on the show and ask him 
what their plans are, but no idea. Zeke and I are just speculating, but where do you stand on this whiskey, Zeke Baker? I think I'm, you know, bar as well. It, I mean, it's a good product. I, I wouldn't want to give it, you know, a, a pass because it's quite enjoyable to drink. It's just also really simple in a lot of ways. And it just, you know, if we're at Baskin Robbins, this would be the vanilla. It's good. And a lot of people like it, but there's still some fancier options out of those 31 flavors. I agree with you. I don't want to discount it. I really do enjoy it. It's in our wheelhouse of what we would want for a daily drinker. And I'm not paying 65 bucks for a daily drinker. Yeah. I don't think either one of us are uh, logging in that, that, that kind of a bankroll. No. Especially not with two puppies. No. No days off. Thank you to the good folks at Hooten Young for sending this our way. Zeke, the folks can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drink Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drink Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? I'm going to go ahead and speculate. They'll see John Edwards at a dog park uh, real soon with poo on his shoes and bags in his hands. Anywhere in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Cheers. (laughs) Ciao.